Welcome to Money Making Conversations. I'm excited. Got my man CJ back on the show. I'm your host, Rashawn McDonald. I recognize that we all have different definitions of success. For some, it's a sizable paycheck. Mine is helping people wake up and inspiring them to accomplish their goals and live their very best life. These are my passions, and that's what I'm going to do for you. I want you to stop tripping over small challenges and prepare to rise above the bigger obstacles that life will present to you and live your dream. My next guest is truly an NBA star. His name is C.J. McCullough. After his introduction to wine in the early 20s by his fiance, C.J. moved to Oregon and joined the Portland Trailblazers, 10th pick in the draft. Finding himself just short of drive away from one of the top wine regions in the country, he launched his own brand, McCullen Heritage 91. It's all about legacy, bringing C.J.'s passion to life while honoring his roots in the process. It just so happened that the perfect word to describe that is heritage. It's also the name of the street he grew up on in Canton, Ohio. Combined with his birth year and the family name, McCullen Heritage 91 truly embodies CJ and all that he stands for. He's on the show to discuss his sold out. I'm hearing you. Sold out. It's sold out, y'all. Heritage 91 wine collection, life during and after the NBA bubble in Orlando, and his educational charity. Please welcome back to Money Making Conversation, my man, CJ McCullen. How you doing, CJ? I'm great, man. Thanks for a great introduction. Appreciate you having me on. Well, first of all, first of all, you know, I, 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 I you sold out though. Talk, talks about that whole plan, because, because I've been following you now, CJ. So you're, you're a good planner. You went down there, and then you start sharing your wine with the, everybody in the bubble. Was that that was a strategy, right? Yeah, it was definitely part of the strategy. Obviously, the situation shifted from when I first um, began working on my wine project three years ago. Um, I was planning on releasing it before the next season. Mm-hmm. Uh, usually our season starts in September. And obviously that kind of changed with the uh, coronavirus situation, then having to potentially play in the bubble. So I, I had the wine that I was prepared to kind of distribute to friends and family mm-hmm. and kind of switch that over and distribute it to a bunch of players and staff and front office members in the NBA to just kind of get an idea of what they thought about it. Obviously from the marketing standpoint, that was helpful as well but the the plan was more so just to get feedback on what they thought about the wine like in terms of the taste and um, just to kind of try to introduce it to them because a lot of people weren't familiar with it because it was my first uh, project in the wine world now here's me now wine is grapes correct yes okay cool now I would, I'm just a country boy. I'm born and raised in Houston, Texas. Okay. Everything grows well in the South where it's warm. Now, <laughs> Portland, Oregon, that's wine country? Yeah, you'd be surprised. Uh, we're well, you know, I am surprised because I'm, I'm talking like this because I would think that grapes need to be warm to, to survive. And I know you have severe winters up there, correct? No, it's actually not that bad here. Besides the rain, which can play a factor in the taste of the of the wine uh, going forward, our winters aren't bad. It's only snowed probably three times in my seven years out here in the in the winter time. It's it's pretty pretty balanced, and I think what helps our grapes is the climate. The climate we get from so many so many uh, different landscapes. We have mountain ranges. We have the Shahala Mountains. We have Dundee. We have so many different parts of of Oregon that are going through uh, the, the fermentation process that go through the, the process of actually making uh, wine that you get so many different tastes. But I think historically based on the research I've done and what I've seen uh, in comparison to you look at, at Napa, which is in California, right. but they have 
cooler climate at night. They kind of go through hot, hot summers, uh, not too cold in the winter. We're, we're similar in terms of hot summers, but it's not too cold in the winter. And during harvest, which is around, you know, September to October, uh, we have ideal weather for grapes. Uh, not a lot of rain until end of October. Um, it's it's hot, but it's cool at night, so we can get up to 85, 90, 95 during the day, and it can get down as low as 50 at night. So you have that balance of, of a multitude of climates, but then it, it just comes down to luck, you know, having the right elevation, being being mm-hmm. facing uh, southeastern or southwestern, that also plays a, a huge role. But I had no idea until I moved out here, so I, I'm with you. I'm just fortunate enough to have moved out here and been exposed to it right. firsthand to where it's it's kind of shifted my perspective of it, and then talking to a bunch of experts and people in the business, they've come to the same conclusion that Oregon is, is really known for the Pinot in the war and they have some great Chardonnay grapes as well. Cool. Now you're talking like an expert. I, I love your tone. You're, well, you're articulate <laughs> anyway, but you really, you really, now let me tell you something. Now we talked earlier about the grapes, you know, and we talked about the wine being uh, released in September. With it being sold out, where are you right now confidently, when confidence about your product? Because I, I hear confidence in your tone. I, I hear I hear a, a high level of professionalism. Not saying that you don't talk, but, you know, when once you taste a little bit of success, like what you did with Morant on that basketball court. Remember, 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 remember how you did him? You know, when you came off the court, you had a different attitude about how you treated him out there. See, I'm sensing a different attitude with you now, CJ, now that you sold out. Talk to us about that. No, I mean, if we're being honest here, I I created a good product. I had a lot of highly successful people around me to kind of mold me and, and help me go through this process to right. where I had a great understanding of what was going to happen. When you hire the right people, uh, it's hard to fail. I know what I don't know, and I hired a bunch of experts who whose job is to put me in a position to succeed. And I think starting with the winemaker, starting with the partnership with the winery I chose in Adelsheim, we knew it was going to be a success. We just weren't sure, you know, the the reception that we would get. We weren't sure it would sell out in, in 45 minutes, but I knew yeah. that same most day. people same would, would be attracted to it. 50, <laughs> now, we're not talking about cheap wine, now. $50 a bottle, right? $50 a bottle, correct? $50 a bottle. And we we did a we did a really good job of marketing it. I think uh, from a brand, brand name standpoint, um, People know that I enjoy wine. They know that Oregon Pinot specifically is, is historically been good. And I think the confidence just comes from the work. I, I put a lot of work in on trying to learn. Mm-hmm. I'm not an expert by any means, but I have learned a lot in my in my nine years being involved in the wine industry and just kind of learning self-taught and then uh, speaking to experts about the the importance of wine, the process the wine will go through, the climates you need, and, and, and so on and so forth. I just felt confident that um, – it would be a good wine because I tasted it. I had some Psalms tasted. I had people who are considered wine snobs tasted and give me really positive feedback to where I'm comfortable with speaking on it because I literally went through the entire process of making wine with the help of experts right. so that I'm, I feel confident about it. So you went from just a, a just a, a, a connoisseur, a person who enjoyed wine, to doing your homework. And then now each step now is like, Getting a, uh, you know, getting another year notching your degree plan of being a more and more of an expert and achieve that next level of success. Now you said, or you said, you, okay, forty five minutes, CJ, sold out in forty five. Yeah, yeah, 
Okay. For forty-five minutes. Okay, tell me this: How did how was the release notification? No, was was it not- notification on your social media? How did that work? Because you said you guys did a really good job of marketing this, and so I'm sure you're planning the next series, and you want to do a really good job again. So, what was the what was the? I want people to hear how you release a, a, a new brand because, like I said, we're very smart strategy you know, in the bubble when I started reading about the players. That was a good strategy because it, 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 I'm sure some of them post, posted about it and that really helped raise a consciousness to people who could be potential customers. How did you release it so everybody would know it's on now, go buy it? Yeah, so we, we created brand awareness almost a year ago. Mm-hmm. kind of starting to notify people that, you know, there's a project in the works. Um, ended up doing a press release probably seven, six or seven months ago to kind of notify people like, right. hey, I, I That's how I knew about it. Alice That's how I knew about it. Mm-hmm. So we started with the press release to kind of create that awareness, strategic branding. Um, then obviously I began posting, hired a marketing team, social media team. That's That's you know, spearheaded by Ashley uh, comes from Excel, who's done a tremendous job. Mm-hmm. A very, very bright woman, very bright individual who's kind of helped, you know, walk me through this process. And we both learned a lot on the fly mm-hmm. to doing doing interviews, things of that nature to kind of talk about it. And just the, the more so the biggest thing is just educational. You educate yourself, you educate the masses as you're going through the process and you kind of draw them in. So we drew them in, you know what I mean? Explained to them what the process was like, the story behind wine, while I got into wine, the designing process of the bottle. And, and then we created a mailing list. Uh, the mailing list kind of went out sporadically with, with videos, with, with images, created a website and basically allowed people to subscribe and sign up. And the first day, I think we had 700 people sign up and wow. subscribe uh, basically saying that they would like to purchase the wine. And that kind of allowed it to evolve. And this is, Two months before I end up going to the bubble, two, three months before I end up like giving out wine to about 90 NBA players. But mm-hmm. I went through that process first and basically let everybody know that, hey, you can only purchase the wine on this website. It's only available online. And the rest is, as they say, the rest is history. Basically shot updates. I did a little pre-sale where I allowed some friends and family to purchase the day before. Mm-hmm. And we basically announced that the wine would go on sale on last Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific time, and it was sold out by 945. <laughs> I love it. Love- You're listening to Money Making Conversations with Rashawn McDonald. We'll be right back. Cars today are like a computer on wheels, but you can't fix any of these new features yourself. So when something breaks, it could cost you a fortune, and now is not the time for expensive repairs. That's why you need CarShield. CarShield has affordable protection plans that can save you thousands for a cover repair, including computers, GPS, electronics, and more. CarShield understands payment flexibility is a must. Plans are customizable and as low as $99 a month. No long-term contracts or commitment. Plus, you get to pick your favorite mechanic or dealership to do the work and CarShield takes care of the rest. They also offer complimentary 24-7 roadside assistance and a rental car while yours is being fixed. CarShield is America's number one auto protection company. For as low as $99 a month, you can protect yourself from surprises and save thousands. Call 1-800-CAR-6000 and mention code MONEY, M-O-N-E-Y, of Visit carshield.com and use code money, M-O-N-E-Y, to save 10%. That's carshield.com, code money. A deductible may apply. Welcome back to Money Making Conversations. I'm your host, Rashawn McDonald. I love it. I'm talking to C.J. McCullum. Uh, his wine sold out, like he told you, 45 minutes, 9 a.m. 
which is noon time, East Coast time. McCullen Heritage 91 sold out $50 a bottle. This is a Pinot, right? Yeah, Pinot Noir. Yeah, because my wife, she's a huge wine drinker. So I was I was bragging about how to interview you and your wine was coming out. So she was asking me, oh, where's, where's CJ wine at? You know, I said, hey, he's so, <laughs> so she's looking at me crazy right now. So let's let's find out when the next batch going to come out. And maybe I can get into that pre-sale and put in, I get into the pre-sale coupon. And I said, I, I pay. I don't ask for anything free, CJ. That's about me. That's why Money Making Conversations is about making money. When is the next run so we can, uh, you know, I'm sure it'll be, you'll, you'll make even more, a bigger batch to go out there, but wine is seasonal. Or how does that work? Educate us. Yeah, so basically I went through a three to five year plan when I bought the grapes in 2017. So when I bought the grapes in 2017, I knew that I wasn't going to put out the wine until 2020. Because mm. obviously from a wine standpoint, I had to go through harvest. So those are those grapes were planted in, in 2018 and it goes through 10 to 12 months in a bottle, depending on, you know, how you age it. I aged mine 10 months in French oak barrels. And then we would go to go to the fermentation process and then we rack them and, and put them in bottles. And that's basically a, a year process. They were bottled in 2019 and kind of let them sit on the shelves and rotate them and then do what you need to do, depending on the process you take. And I knew. I wasn't selling until 2020. So in 2017, I brought I bought the grapes for 18. In 2018, I brought I bought the grapes for 19. Okay. So my 19 version of what I just sold will go on sale probably a year from now. I have to check the wow. calendar and figure out how we want to market it. But we've already bottled the 19 version of what I sold uh, last week, and it's it's still not ready yet. It's still young, still premature. But uh, we'll figure out our release date and kind of go from there. But historically, I've done things in September, so I might just wait a full year. And I release it yeah, don't in get, September. Yeah, don't and get then, greedy, brother. Don't get greedy. Now we all know about these fires that are happening in, in Oregon. Uh, tell me if it's making any impact, or will it make any impact on the wine industry up there? Yeah, I mean, first and foremost, you know, my prayers go out to, to all the families mm-hmm. uh, and people that were affected mm-hmm. by the fires. You know, living here in Oregon and being close to the fires, it, it really hits home. And uh, I told my fiance the other day, I think the biggest thing wrong with our society is that unless things directly impact or involve you, right. uh, you, you tend to not pay it attention. Mm-hmm. And until you get the email saying you need to evacuate, you don't understand the severity of a fire. And once we got the email saying, you know, kind of pack your house up and get ready, that's when you begin to panic and feel so sorry for so many people out there that either A, have nowhere to go, B, mm-hmm. don't have the means, or C, or you, it's too late. And I think over a half a million people had to evacuate. Homes were burned down. People lost priceless valuables. You know, pictures, memories, things that you can't replace uh, are going along with your home. So it's it's very, very unfortunate. Uh, we, we were forced to kind of, you know, pack up our home and, and prepare to leave. But luckily, we didn't have to end up leaving. But the, the effects of the smog, uh, the smoke, the pollution that's caused by those fires is, definitely probably going to affect the grapes based on what I've heard from being on the vineyards these last couple of weeks. Right. They won't know until, until they go through harvest, uh, which is delayed. Like most wineries delayed harvest because of the fires. They didn't want to have people out there picking. Uh, and what was considered, um, it went from very, very poor air pollution to toxic air pollution, right. uh, hazardous to the point, the point that where no one could really be outside. 
So they say they won't know until until the harvest finishes and they get to kind of check out the grapes uh, in the next phase. But hopefully uh, too many people weren't impacted by that uh, in the, in the uh, wine world. I know a lot of other people were, and uh, my prayers go out to them. I know that's right. Uh, I'm going to have a little fun with you because I, you know, watching you doing the bubble uh, playing and, um, you know, uh, you're one of my favorite players anyway, just, just, just so astute. And um, to see you um, – have I seen that from you on the court before, being that emotional, being that um, boisterous um, about uh, what you was accomplishing, you know, on, on the court? Uh, if I missed it, just because you're up in Portland, I don't get to see you all the time. I, I think sometimes you got to let people know what time it is. Come on now. Come on now, CJ. Come on now, CJ. I'm very confident of myself, but I think there's a time and a place for everything. And sometimes you have to let people know. And I think I've, I've always been like that. Uh, people out here in Oregon and people that really watch us uh, have seen that before. But I think when it's different when it's on the national stage and it's in the playoffs. But I've done those same things and said those same words in a in a pickup game in practice. You know what I mean? Like that's that's just who hey, I am. CJ, I'll tell you something, man. Because that boy's talented. You, you, you superstar. You you you're a boy. You're a bad boy. You're a bad boy, man. You had him stumbling. You had him reaching. You had you 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 just. Man, I, I was I was I was just laughing so hard, man. I called Stephen A. I said, man, did you see my boy? Did you see him? Did you see him clowning tonight? And he started laughing. He said, yeah, yeah. You said he a bad boy, Rashawn. I said, I know. I ain't saying I know he a bad boy. And so so what feedback did you get in social media from all that, CJ? I just thought it was funny, man. And personally, <laughs> I like uh, I know. No, no, no. John I, bad boy. I, I, I like uh, Respectful. All yeah, that good stuff. True. He's He's real. But no, I mean, it's, it's people just give you credit where credit is due. I think that's 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 what you have to do in this society. You, know, mm-hmm. you tip your hat. You know, when you lose and you tip your hat when you win and, and salute the next person, understanding that um, in, in life, things aren't going to always go your way. But, you know, I had I had some some really good games and I had some games where I wish I would have played better. But all in right. all, I was I was the best version of myself every night and I can live with that. And I think the, the rest of the world, social media, they've seen me play. They've seen me rise to the occasion in big moments. So some people probably were surprised, but people that know me and know the game. Uh, they they know what I'm capable of. Oh no no no! It wasn't. I wouldn't. I wasn't surprised at what you did. It was a surprise of you know the you know the personality of shift. You know, uh, you know hitting your yeah. chest. You know hitting your chest. You know that that was the part I hadn't seen before. Now you've been clowning since you came in the league as a rookie. You've been stepping up that game. Every you know you and uh, uh, Damien are the two of the underserved. I think underrecognized backcourt duos. In uh in, right. in the NBA in the last ten years, dude, you, you, y'all some bad boys. Now you went into the bubble, the pandemic was going on, and you came out of the bubble, the pandemic was going on. What was the bubble like? What was that life in that bubble for 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 just the lifestyle, just uh, being able to socialize, being able to get information? What was that all about? The testing? Can you walk us through those steps, CJ? Yeah, it was unique, honestly, unlike anything I've ever experienced before uh, due to circumstances, what we're going through, obviously, in the world and what we're still going through today mm-hmm. uh, from an injustice standpoint to, to blacks and minorities, to seeing the COVID, the situation with COVID, how many lives were, were taken away or affected and how we had to kind of take extra precaution. It was it was really a special, special time because I think the biggest thing we wanted to accomplish was 
to obviously continue to spread awareness to some of the things that are going on in America, have initiatives in place, have things that we can kind of touch on and bring light to while being able to play the game we love and get people in escape because there's a lot of stuff going on on a day-to-day basis to right. where it affects your psyche, your, your mentality. And we wanted to get people in the state to be able to watch entertainment. And I think we were able to accomplish all those things, but the, the day-to-day life was crazy, man. Like when you first land, for one, you started testing like two weeks before you get there uh, like every other day. And then when you get and to you the guys bubble, had a, you guys had it, a fast test, a quick test, right? Yeah. I think it was rapid where rapid. the results would come the next day, I think or five hours or the next day. Mm-hmm. So we did, testing upon arrival and then you quarantine in your room for 48 hours so you can't leave your room and they bring you food and drop it off at the door so you go through that process and then once you get i think two or three consecutive negative tests you're able to leave your room but you can't leave the hotel so you're basically stuck there there's three different hotel or hubs with six teams and you do daily testing uh based on time slots every day you do the nasal test as well as the oral swab Mm-hmm. And you go through that process and it's just, it's almost like a summer camp or like an AAU tournament. Right. Because there's just a bunch of teams, a bunch of guys you compete against. Uh, but it was just, it was just a really, really unique situation to where it's, it's unlike anything I've ever been through. And it's something that I will remember uh, forever. But I, I'm glad I was able to experience it. I think that we made the best of the situation. Obviously there's, there's four teams still left competing. And um, I think the, one of the best parts about it was they eventually began to let people's family members in because it can get very lonely out there. Right. Um, just kind of being away from your kids, your significant other, all those things you're accustomed to, it can change you and, and kind of affect your mentality. Now, um, let's talk about uh, the opening day, you know, when you guys um, all, um, I want to say, stood in solidarity or, or, or I, want, I won't use the word protest, but I want to recognize that Black Lives Matter do matter. What was what were your emotions and because I'm not there. All I can do is realize that I was proud of the the unity. I was proud. And I know there was a you know when you when you do it when you when you're doing what you're doing, you're not worried about your wine sales. You're not worried about endorsements. You're not worried about you you you're, you're committed to making a change and your voice being heard. What was running through your mind personally when all that was going on? And then I want to ask you about the the, the Milwaukee when they made that decision to walk out. What was running through your mind then? Yeah, I mean, you hit the, the nail on the head. The biggest thing for me and, and most of the guys was this right and this wrong. And what we're seeing in America mm-hmm. and beyond right now is just not right. It's it's wrong and we have to stand for something. I think the, the fact that the NBA backed us, the, the, the league as a whole, our teams backed us and, and stood with us, understanding that there's just so many things that need to be corrected and changed. And we put that to the forefront. I think that was the goal and objective. So I felt proud to be a part of that and proud to see it. I think when the Milwaukee Bucks decided not to play, I think it sparked another conversation. Um, I think they were the spearhead leaders in in us kind of having to sit down and collect ourselves. And historically, when the NBA does something, the rest of the world follows. Uh, We were the first professional uh, sports league to shut down during COVID. And then the rest of the uh, world and and sports teams began shutting down. We were the first uh, league to have players protest and not play in a game. And then shortly after that, MLB. Now, they would not be playing. Uh, 
every other sport basically followed in line. The Wimbledon, tennis, all yeah. those players that were yeah. supposed to participate yeah. on the on the on the large stage, they decided Naomi, not to Osaka. play as well. I think Osaka, mm-hmm. exact, exactly, and that sparked another conversation as to why so many things in America are happening to to black and brown people, and why these injustices are are just intolerable and not fair. And I think. I was just proud to be a part of it. I think the conversation that it, that it allowed to happen, the dialogue it created was positive and has pointed the right light on so many lives that have been affected in this, in this way. Well, you know, it was really interesting that, um, cause all I can do is, you know, you know, sometimes you get so far, all you can do is pray for change, pray that people will see the light. And then you see, you see a part of this country just don't care, man. Just really don't care. Just, right. This is going to move forward sure. and act like this ain't even happening. And then, uh, and then paint a story like we the villains, like, 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 like our history means nothing and it won't tell our history. And when I see you, you, you my, you're the generation of change to me when I look at you, CJ, and I, I'm really proud of your brother. And, um, and I, I say that because of the fact that that's a lot of pressure, man, for a young man, like you to to make a decision to do what you're doing, and there's a lot of you doing it, not just you, but a lot of you guys are making these decisions. And I'm gonna tell you, when 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 the Major League Baseball stepped away, I was stunned. I was absolutely stunned, CJ. When MLS MLS uh, 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 Major League Soccer stepped away, I was absolutely stunned because um, these are these are leagues that are not predominantly African American leagues, and um, and I know you said, uh, you know, people tend to follow the lead of the NBA. Were, were you caught off guard by the, how quickly the other leagues, the other sporting leagues reacted? Or what were your thoughts? I was surprised at how quickly they all reacted and and stood with us. Yes. Especially some of those other leagues that are majority uh, white, yes. predominantly white leaks. I was mm-hmm. very surprised, but I was happy to see it. Uh, it, it. It's the change we need to see. And I think a lot of times uh, when when minorities are complaining about issues that are happening to minorities, people tend to not listen. But when the majority is, is speaking on behalf as well as with us, I think that's when the most change can occur. And I think that's what we're starting to see uh, throughout the world. Uh, the The oppressors are starting to speak on behalf of the rest of the world. And I think that's what you need in order to have change. You need people that are a part of the problem, but also not affected by the problem to speak up for us. You absolutely telling the truth. CJ, I want to thank you for coming on the show again, man. You know, I, I'm sorry I can't help you sell any more of your wine because, you know, you did such an amazing <laughs> marketing job and you're such a badass basketball player on the NBA court, you know, and, and you leading us. But more importantly, just 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 Rashawn McDonald. I'm an older member of this of this of this change and talking to a younger man who has generations. You're going to affect generations. You are affecting generations, man. And uh, as an entrepreneur, as your, your, your nonprofit, as an athlete who who does more than just dribble the damn ball. Don't change, brother. Please don't change. CJ. Yes, sir, man. That's just one thing I can assure you is that I remember where I come from and what I come from. And the biggest thing you can do as a as a young black man in America is to figure out ways to affect the masses and help pull somebody up that comes from a situation just like you. 
Cool. Thank you. He's on the show to promote his wine, Heritage Nine, Heritage 91 Wine Collection. It's sold out, y'all. $50 a bottle. You got another set coming out next year, so be ready. 2021, September. I'll be ready because I'm getting to the front of the line. I, he's already told me. He's going to take care of me, and I'm going to buy the wine. CJ, we'll talk soon, brother. Tell your family hi, man. I love right. you, brother. I love you, and don't you change. Bye. <laughs> I got you. Absolutely, man. Appreciate you. Bye-bye. Thank you, brother. Mm-hmm. We'll be right back with more from Rashawn McDonald and Money Making Conversations. Don't touch that dial. Organ donations save lives, and some organs can even be donated by a living donor. August is National Minority Donor Awareness Month, so let's check in with Dr. Danae Simpson, Assistant Professor of Surgery at Northwestern Medicine. Tell us about the African American Transplant Access Program. So this is my baby. This is a program that I have dreamt about creating since I became interested in transplant as a trainee. And it's a program designed to address the significant disparities that our African-American patients face. The program is designed to educate patients about transplant, let them know what transplant can provide to them, and to help them access the resources that they find so scarce and so challenging to access in order to get them on the transplant path and back to, you know, some type of meaningful life. For more information, visit nm.org slash radio. Welcome back to Money Making Conversations. I'm your host, Rashawn McDonald. My guest, Jody Watley, Miss Jody Watley, is a Grammy-winning, trend-setting pioneer in music, video, fashion, and style. Jody is listed on Billboard's Top 60 Hot 100 female artists of all time. She's top 25 dance artists of all time. She became the first artist to release a million selling video dance to fitness, which had not been achieved by a black woman or musician. She was the first woman of color to play Rizzo on Broadway in the hit musical Grease. She's an entrepreneur. She is producing and releasing her own music. She is on the show to talk about being an artist during the pandemic time and coping with the work stoppers. Miss Jody Wadley is finding her sanctuary. That's what I found this on the, I was just doing my research found this. <laughs> Miss Jody Wadley is finding her sanctuary in the kitchen amidst all these uncertain pandemic times. She out there, she out there clicking dishes and pots and pans and over a hot <laughs> stove, you know, like like she in the South or somewhere. Please welcome to Money Made Conversation, Miss <laughs> Jody Watley. <laughs> hey, what, what an introduction. I, you know, after that, I feel like a boxer about to go in the ring, knock somebody out. Yes. <laughs> hey, Jody, hey, Jody, you, you were there. Here's the funny part about Jody. She was over there laughing so low. She was just laughing so low. And then she just opened it, just in the middle of the interview, she's going to start laughing. The introduction. Just going to just laughing up the store. Oh, I, just, I love it. Thank you. And I'm so excited to be talking to you. Well, I'm excited to be uh, talking to you. Of course, you know, a fan of your music, fan of your talent. You're a beautiful person and uh, that watch you and dance, to, <laughs> dance with you so many years on the dance floor. So this feels like, okay, you know, okay. You know, it, it, music is still great, Jody, but you know, music back in the day, I can remember exactly where I was at on certain songs. And uh, and, uh, I, 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 and that's what I can get kind of missing today because, you know, you're throwing them music videos in there. So you kind of go back to the video before you go back to the moment when you was on that mm-hmm. in that in that basement party, you know, just getting sweat. <laughs> Not enough light to see yeah. who you're dancing with, you know, but you're in there just dancing. <laughs> you know, that and that is uh, something about music. And it's true. It's so associated with um 
growing up and memories and, you know, it, just in so many ways and, uh, you know, good times, bad times mm-hmm. uh, and in between times. And so, you know, my music, uh, it is a blessing because it, it spans so, you know, continuing on, but, you know, it represents um, you know, always a good time for people, and that makes me happy. Well, what makes me happy is that seeing a person who, you know, has has to sustain career relevance in this entertainment business. Because yeah. I've been in it, you know, I, for a long time, and being in it, you yeah. know, trying to stay because it's such a hard business. Because you can get, and the discrimination happens, uh, ageism happens, sexism happens, and you yeah. know, all those things. Are, well, you know, who is she, or what have she done lately, or what has he done lately, or what have they done? lately mm-hmm. that really yeah. permeates really big in the entertainment game and it's kind of sad because yeah. of the fact that there's so much uncertainty in entertainment how did yeah. mentally from a mental standpoint how have you been able to cope with that jody you know i think throughout my life i'm i'm very focused i've always been a person that um, has tried to have balance in my life, which is very important in any profession. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, never get too highs at the highs or too low at the lows. And, you know, it's always been important for me to, um, to be authentic in what I do, uh, to learn the business, because I think a lot of people get messed up getting in the entertainment industry. And I did start as a teenager, mm-hmm. but, I've always been business minded. I mean, when I was in junior high school, um, I would, I had, I call them side hustles. I would sew clothes for people. I'd make pillows at my dad's church. I would fry fish and, and, uh, bake cupcakes to, to make okay, money. Okay, okay, and, okay. We're going to get to that little, we're going to get to that little fried no, chicken no, in the no, kitchen no, and all no, that a little bit later. Don't, so, don't be hyping you know, stuff I, early. No, no, no. So I'm just saying, so my journey has always been, I think that really has helped me sustain mm-hmm. in this business. The uncertainty right. is because I've never been afraid of the work. Right. Never been afraid to say no. Um, and very meticulous about what I do. And so if someone says, I'm not this enough, I'm not that enough, it never really phases me. And I think it's important in life that you have to believe when no one else believes right? and to keep doing the work and find ways to get it done. If, if doors, I mean, doors have closed on me and I've opened new doors for myself because I'm continuing to do the work, you know, um, and it's very important. And this really is important because really when I look at your career, you know, cause you've had success in a group, Okay, Shalomar. Mm-hmm. And then you've had tremendous success as an individual artist. Talk about mm-hmm. working with people and then the burden of being a solo artist. Because there are different different things that are tasks when you're by yourself and you don't have nothing that nobody to lean on but yourself and the decision <laughs> and the appearance is all on you. So talk about the success in a group and the success as a solo artist, just from an entertainment standpoint, so people can understand mm-hmm. the difference. Well, you know, being in a group, being the only girl in the group and not actually being protected was uh, very challenging for me. And, you know, it made me, um, you know, again, I had to be tough. I had to carry myself in a certain way. Being a, a woman in the business, if you're not kind of flighty or whatever, you know, you get labeled things that aren't always very flattering. But again, it's like I know who I am and I learned 
learned from it. So going solo actually has never been a burden. Actually, it's been such a blessing because I mm-hmm. get to do, I get to own it and to be in control of it and pick people to work with and not just do what I'm told, but to really craft. I've been able to really craft uh, my own niche as an artist for, you know, I've been a solo artist now for over 35 years um, and seven years uh, before that in Shalimar. So I've been, you know, on this, on this journey, but being a solo, I like, I like running my own business. I really do. And so it's a joy. It's like, you know, it's a lot of responsibility picking, you know, musicians and producers and, um, but I'm about the business, and so uh, so I enjoy all the aspects of it. But you're a live performer, and we know the, mm-hmm. the value of being a live performer. And the the downside in 2020 was the pandemic. The yeah. uh, we nobody saw it coming. <laughs> I know I didn't see it coming, and not yeah. to the extreme when they talk about shut down. You know, because that really yeah. doesn't hit you what they're talking about till it actually happens. What does that mean, shut down? When you're talking yeah. about venues are closed, they're talking about, you know, restaurants are closed. And how, how did that whole process in your mind, how was it starting the process as being, is this what they're talking about shutting down? How did that whole process <laughs> work for you? Because I'm telling you, it freaked me out. Okay. Yeah, it, I think it, it, it had to freak all of us out. And I think, you know, at first, actually, to be honest with you, one of the first things that I thought about was, I'm glad I've always lived below my means mm-hmm. and and not above my means because, mm-hmm. you know, I'm glad that I'm a songwriter. And I thought, you know, God, thank God I'm a songwriter because I'm really going to be living off my royalties now because there's not going to be any concerts. And, you know, two months into it, I went through a, a, a moment where I felt kind of that, you know, because I like to hustle and bust. I love performing and just, you know, having this moment of pause, I've always taken time off here and there, but to actually be forced into it. Um, and so which on what I've really done is try to find new ways to keep myself busy, uh, create some new, uh, revenue streams for mm-hmm. myself. Mm-hmm. And it's very important to, again, is not be defeated by the situation to find ways to make things happen. And so, you know, that's what I've been doing. Well, you know, now, now, now to my understanding that you have some facial masks. Are they out now or are they coming out? Yeah, I have. Uh, well, I've had an online boutique for about 20 years now. And mm-hmm. uh, I have, a, you know, different merchandise coming in all the time. And facial masks are one of the new items. Um, and, um, you know, those came as a result of the pandemic. You know, you got to jump on stuff. Uh, I give a portion of the proceeds to Feeding America, so it's for a good cause. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've got sanctuary candles and uh, uh, room spray coming. Um, and, um, you know, and then the music, my current song is The Healing, and it's a timely song. Um, I got Jody Watley hoop earring. So, you know, I'm... Now, Jody, don't be... Okay, what you ain't gonna do is take over my show. Now, I, I started no. with the facial mask. Now you have the hoop earring. Now, it's it's a it's no. a method to this madness when you come on Money Make Conversation. We got to talk about each one so it can be clearly heard, Miss Watley. Okay, all right. I, I see, know, I see right I, now. Me, we're gonna have a great relationship, but we're gonna learn to make money Rashawn way. Okay, so Slow okay. and effectively, Slow. okay? Effective. Okay, All right. I love it. Because what we're going to do first, we're going to, you know, we're going to put, now are the masks out right now or are they? Are they yes. Yeah. 
Okay, cool. They so, are. They are available uh, through my website. Okay, cool. Yeah. So what we're going to do is we're going to get a little, uh, I'll post a picture with, you, with the mask and we're going to put it on my social media this week. Okay. okay. Put that I'll, on the social media, okay? Because I got 800,000 Facebook followers, 90% of them are women, okay? Because that's my bacon. Okay. Ain't because they love yeah. me. They just love those cakes. I'll be posting. <laughs> so, right. you know, so, so we're going to put that in. Then next Wednesday, my newsletter comes out, and, and, and there's 90,000 uh, fan club subscribers to that. So we're going to drop the facial, facial mask in that, okay? So we're going to, oh, so that's the face. That's how, that's how you do business. Thank would you, you come on money making conversation? Okay. You, it's, it's, we ain't no hurry to make money. We, it's about relationships. That's how we lasted this long because of the relationship. That's right. Them, them, them little right. five and dime people, that ain't us. That ain't us. We're long, right. we long term. Long term. So so That's so now, true. then you then you talked about these candles. Talk about these candles. Come tell you something. Are these the big fat candles that you can put in your in your bathroom while you're taking a, a bath or you when you outside reading a book? What type of candles are they? So the sanctuary can't be the glass, the big candles, those sold sold out. So the new shipment of candles are uh, they're tins, travel tins. So, you know, very compact, uh, the the luxury soy candles, uh, but they are, they're not the big oversized glass ones. Mm -hmm. Uh, This one. Um, because these are easier to ship right. as well. Okay, so now uh, that's sold out, yeah. you say, right? The the new travel tents, those just arrived today. Those okay, cool. Are, so uh, so yeah. so we can put that on social media too. Yeah. Okay, cool. So you owe me. <laughs> Thank See, you. This is how we talk. This is how we talk. See, I don't think you're, you're calling money making conversation just to have a money making conversation. You're not making any money. Because look, obviously, you got right. merchandise. You know what I'm saying, Miss Miss Jody Whiteley? You know what I'm saying, Miss Jody Whiteley? Uh, so. So we got the we got the facial mask. We just got a new shipment of sanctuary candles in. Got to do a banner yeah. for that. So let's talk over. We, have we gotten to the hoop earrings yet? We haven't got to that yet, right? No, I'm slowing down. Okay, I'm go. Following your lead. <laughs> I'm following your lead. You see, okay, you see cool. that? I learn quick. I'm yeah. a fast learner, and you know you gotta listen to people. There so you go. There slow you go. down. There so. you go. <laughs> okay, now so now let's talk about the music song "Healing." Let's talk about yes. that. What you know? I know you have a racial unrest. Pandemic is over, overtly affecting the African American community. We have a, a election here that uh, is just uh, mm-hmm. emotionally charging this the country and the world is, is watching. Yeah. And so, yeah. when I hear a song called "Healing," tell us what the the story behind it and what you're trying to achieve with in you know with your music, who you're trying to reach. With um, the healing, I mean, you know, because my music has progressed so much over the years, and I wrote this song before the pandemic came out, mm-hmm. uh, came about, and really I wanted to do a song to remind people to, no matter what's going on in the world, never let anyone dim your light, your wattage. The wattage lives within you. Right. And um, to encourage people to live in the now because now is what we have and what we make of life. And uh, it's a dance groove because I know people like Miss Jody. Part of my brand is the dancing, but it's an inspirational song. And it just so happened that the pandemic hit and, and, you know, with Black Lives Matter and everything. And so uh, it was one of those things to me, the universe had the ultimate timing uh, in me putting it out. 
and when you and how does how's the music being distributed? Is it streaming? What 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 platforms? It's on all digital platforms mm-hmm. and streaming services, so you can download it from iTunes mm-hmm. or you can stream it, listen to it on um, Spotify, Apple Music, and also, uh, you know, YouTube, of course, and, and I do have a Jody Watley YouTube channel. You're listening to Money Making Conversations with Rashawn McDonald. We'll be right back. Cars today are like a computer on wheels, but you can't fix any of these new features yourself. So when something breaks, it could cost you a fortune. And now is not the time for expensive repairs. That's why you need CarShield. CarShield has affordable protection plans that can save you thousands for a cover repair, including computers, GPS, electronics, and more. CarShield understands payment flexibility is a must. Plans are customizable and as low as $99 a month. No long-term contracts or commitment. Plus, you get to pick your favorite mechanic or dealership to do the work and car shield takes care of the rest they also offer complimentary 24 7 roadside assistance and a rental car while yours is being fixed car shield is america's number one auto protection company for as low as 99 dollars a month you can protect yourself from surprises and save thousands call 1-800-CAR-6000 and mention code money m-o-n-e-y or visit carshield.com and use code money M-O-N-E-Y, to save 10%. That's carshield.com, code money. A deductible may apply. Welcome back to Money Making Conversations. I'm your host, Rashawn McDonald. <laughs> for, for, for no, no, no I, I don't know that channel. I know a Miss Jody Wadley YouTube channel. I don't know a Jody Wadley YouTube channel. That must be a, that must be like a knockoff. That must be a knockoff. Because I think I'm only talking to Miss Jody Wadley. Now, if it's a Miss Jody Wadley YouTube channel, I'm promoting it now. I'm, I'm just gonna throw the word Miss in front. Of That's how I met you. That's how I met you. <laughs> I love talking to you. Now let's get to the hoop earrings. Now the yes. hoop earrings. Rings now. <laughs> Who thought of this idea? And it sounds so much fun. Talk about the hoop earrings. Well, you know, it's a Jody Watley signature. The jumbo hoop earrings have been since my uh, solo debut uh-huh. for a new love. And people through the years have always said, yeah. <laughs> so it's, they call them Jody, hey, Jody, Jody Watley I would tell you, yeah. Jody, if you saw me doing some bad dancing moves, you know, they, oh, the old man move. You know, I really think I've still got it going on. But obviously, if you saw me, you go, okay, stop. <laughs> You really need to stop trying to dance to that song like that. Uh, I, I just had to let you yeah, know that I was doing some bad good. things over here, acting like I still had a skill set, but I don't. So the hoop earrings, because <laughs> it sounds so much fun. First of all, Miss Jody Wadley, yeah, I'm enjoying this interview because your energy is just on fire. And and, <laughs> and, 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 we, and I'm going to just tell you something. You know, we, we live in a stressed time because of the fact that yeah. I, we um, – and I, and I say that earlier when we were talking about the election coming up and it's just great fear, you know, uh, as, mm-hmm. a, as a black man, you know, as a black person in general, yeah. the, but, but, but police has not been a, 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 throughout our lives, not something recently. Yeah. We've always had concerns when we got pulled over, especially at night. And so, right. uh, and unfortunately for George Floyd, it, it let white people see it for the first time or, or, yeah. or, or acknowledge it being stunned. Okay. Yes. And going really? It, it was eight minutes. They didn't stop. Cause I I like it when I see white people out there protesting for uh, for my cause. Well, yes, I and I agree with you because I think that will make the the ultimate difference. Because like you said, we we're used to this, unfortunately. But it's gonna take white people mm-hmm. um, to get involved. So seeing them out there protesting and you know uh, I mean you know. 
painting Black Lives Matter on their cars and businesses and everything. But we, we really do need um, some change here. And, um, you know, but they that was a big difference because I'd never seen that many, um, you know, that diversity out I know. there. And so, that yeah. I, I, would, I would stun myself. I go, really? Okay, okay, you know, when you when you see a march, you know, okay, white people, white people, walking by the camera, white mm-hmm. people, white people, black, yeah. white people, white people, black, black, white people, white people, go, okay, yeah. this, we need this, we need this, yeah. because, because, yeah. because of the fact that it's not, it doesn't become like these horrible black people out here tearing up our cities, these horrible right. black people, you know, you have to be fearful of them, you know, lock your doors, don't let them in your neighborhood, they're going to tear up your city, right. and that's what, right. that's what was going to happen without their participation. And so, right. because I, because I, I consider you an iconic individual because of the fact that when you these hoop earrings, when you can take a signature piece like a hoop earring, you know, and then and then and people recognize it as a style, and then you say, you know, so I'm, I'm gonna make this a fashion moment, and then people yeah. buy it. How does that make you feel? I mean, I, I feel very empowered by that, and um, you know, as a black woman, it you know. Um, to be a part of, you know, other black artists that have set trends that really transcend beyond the music. And so to be in that category, a style icon or, or, you know, things of that nature, um, it's a good feeling because it's like, it's, it's me. It's a part of who I am and bringing great style and class has been always uh, very important to me. Now let's let's get to the real deal now. What I've been waiting <laughs> on, the kitchen talk. The, see, she she dropped a little. You know, when I was in junior high, you know, I I fry fish and make some cupcakes and all that stuff. See, she was just setting us up that she didn't just start cooking last week, or That's she didn't right. just start cooking during the <laughs> pandemic, just to like act like she don't have nothing to do. I've been cooking since middle school. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So, uh, uh, you know, I'm a. If anybody knows of anything about me, Jody, is that uh, I'm a foodie. I love food. I will eat my dessert before I eat my meal in public. You take me to a fine dining restaurant. I go, excuse me. I love me. that about you. Don't <laughs> excuse me, uh, give me my uh, dessert menu. And, and people have looked at me strange. I go, oh, you, did I stutter? I need to know yeah. <laughs> what I'm going to get right now. And so so talk about this whole, the early stages of cooking and then cooking now, you know. And, and how does how does it, is it a calm, calming effect for your life, for your career? And, um, you know, because, you know, because, you, you know, you're a fitness person. So you probably eat a little bit yeah. different than me because I, I, <laughs> I'll make you mad, Jody. Because I make a lot of people mad. People go, how does he stay like that and eat like that? I get that a lot from people. It, you make me sick. I get a lot of you make me sick, Rashawn. Really? You get on my nerve. Get out my face. You know, I eat a double king burger with uh, relish, double cheese, uh, with uh, oh large fat fries and a large strawberry shake and won't miss a beat. <laughs> see if you're that's a well, fat you burger know, for so, that's a fat burger for people that don't know see she knew exactly what i was talking about that yes was the I, I did and in fact it's funny you should mention fat burger because the original uh well you said the popular one used to be in la mm-hmm. la cienega um in the kind of the beverly hills area there you go and mm-hmm. it, it, it used to be the spot people would go there and mm-hmm. be parked out there on the week i mean they it was the best. 
So yeah, I know about that burger. <laughs> <laughs> she she didn't break stride. She didn't break stride when I started rattling off that menu. Yeah, yeah. That's a king burger. That's a double no, king right there. Yeah, a double. Yeah. <laughs> That's a double. Got some bacon La- on there. Oh come on, large fat fries. She said, yeah, yep. He, he talking about he talking about fat burger right there, large strawberry shake. Yep. He yeah. He really on point with yeah. everything he said right there. He has not studied. Yeah. He is truly a guy who's been in fat burgers. <laughs> and I, you know, I I love I love food. Um, you know, I started cooking in junior high out of necessity initially because my mom and dad split up. And when I was with my dad, um, somebody had to do the cooking. Right. And so my mom was a good cook. So I just kind of remember things that she made. Mm-hmm. And um, and so, you know, growing up, I've always enjoyed cooking. It's relaxing. Um, you know, like I said, I've been in entertainment for, you know, most of my life since a teenager. So it's always a treat to make a home cooked meal, being home. And people look at me. And say, oh, she probably can't cook. <laughs> oh, absolutely! You know, you're a celebrity. You're attractive. You know, all every, yeah. Everybody don't know you have. You know, you don't look like you have bad days. You know, that's what people look. People look at. They make assessments of you. Hey, you know, she yeah. can't cook. I mean, look at that. You know, yeah. that's Jody Riley. You know, yeah. you know, the second time yeah. around. You know, what I'm saying, you know, that's Jody Riley. That's right. that right there. No. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, she, you know, she can't. Or you know, she probably has somebody cooking for right, her. Right, or, right, you know. right, right, right. Uh, but I, I love to cook, cook, and I love to bake one of my favorite things to bake my kids i have a daughter and a son they're young adults now but uh thanksgiving i do uh, uh, tiny butter rolls and from scratch with the yeast that rises it takes three hours and the whole bit but it's all with love so i think love you put love into cooking like so i understand your passion and um and food is a thing like music it makes people happy too doesn't it? <laughs> well, it makes me happy. I, I know I'm having a fantastic time, you know, talking to you about just life in general because of the fact that, you know, first of all, you're an entrepreneur and you're an independent yeah. thinker. And uh, and the the, the 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 part about success, I know that, and I tell people all the time, you know, being successful in the entertainment business is rough because everybody sees your can see you. Okay, you know, you can be mm-hmm. successful at IBM. Nobody sees you. Yeah. I'm not saying this yeah. name, but nobody sees you. But when you're in entertainment, they see you. They they know they they might know how much money you're making. They can they know mm-hmm. the ticket prices. They know the size of the venues you play. And so that yeah. takes a mental toll on what people can perceive you being a wanting to be a capable of producing. Yeah. And so yeah. and so it's important that these relationships and I and I'm just gonna let you know, Jody, I'm in your life now. Okay. So so you know, <laughs> you you got stuff dropping. Don't you don't don't do don't you go nowhere say well, we should, I forgot about you. See there's gonna be a problem between me and you, Miss Jody Wadley. I'm just letting you know. <laughs> you know, be around there trying to shut down your YouTube channel. That's what I'm gonna be doing now. <laughs> you know, no they say uh, trolling Jody Wadley on the social media <laughs> he's crazy man he's crazy is he, is he a sicko Jody, i only did one interview with him. i don't know what's wrong with the dude i just do one interview with the dude he's been trolling me can somebody stop him no i'm just all no, i know it's, it's a joy it's a complete joy because i wanted to meet you mm-hmm. and you're a person that because even though you're behind the scenes i want to tell you i'm the kind of person like I like researching people like, well, who, except, especially successful people as uh-huh. well, who's on this team, who, you know, and that, again, it goes back to when I was little and I used to read about four models. And I was like, I wonder who, 
who runs Ford my models? And I went to the library and looked up Eileen Ford. So I like to know about people. So I've been knowing about you for a long time. Thank you. And I have so much respect for you. So you can troll me all you want. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, but before we go, I, I, I don't want to, I can't be, you know, I kind of, you know, people get mad. Well, he was starting talking about the kitchen. Then he just stopped talking. So let's talk about that, <laughs> the kitchen, what you're doing there. And what's some yeah. of your favorite meals? And because you mentioned, you mentioned some good Southern starters, fried fish and cupcakes. See, <laughs> see, see, that gets some good black people rolling right there, right there, right there. So yes. talk about your, talk well, about you, your kitchen skills. Well, you know what? One thing I encourage um, people that follow me, I, I do Meatless Monday. Oh, okay. And, um, last week I did uh, Black Eyed Peas. And um, so I, you know, gave the, the recipe and everything and I had it with a kale salad because I, in this pandemic also, everybody can't be always felt and have a, 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 a double-double. <laughs> oh, 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 are you trying to hit at me? Are you trying to hit at me? No, no. Uh, uh, then, I'm the only person together, on so. this call talking about a double-double. <laughs> double meat, double cheese. <laughs> So I mix it up so I, I share healthy recipes mm-hmm. and um, and then you know my cheat days, my indulgences, and everything. Because also being a woman, it's like people will look at you different. So I I try to stay in shape, but I let people know you can have robust, well seasoned. Great healthy food, and then you can have your cheat days where you can have your fried chicken and mm-hmm. you know with extra hot sauce on it and greens with meat, but you can also have the greens without meat. So you know, I so I, I, I mix it up and um, you know, and, and to inspire others. Uh, okay, cool. Well. Let me ask you: this. Are, are these on like short videos or or that you can upload and stuff like that, or how are they just you shoot them live and that's where they live on your social media? I put them on my website, okay. jodywatley.net, okay, and cool. I do a blog. Okay, I don't cool. film them yet. Well, oh. not true. I do film them Okay, cool. If, yeah. you, if you film them, the short version, send them to me, and I put them on my Saturday, because I always, you know, I had Tia, Marie, Tia Maury just recently. She yeah. All that, I, I would love to post some of your work. If you have photos, okay. you know, I'm going to tell you, if you have photos of food that you've cooked and just a recipe, I, I post that. Yes. Let's, let's do that. Let's oh, have okay. let's have some fun with this, and let's have some fun okay. with it. Just photos and some recipes, and I'll start posting it on Saturday. Just, just you know, just having fun, just showing people another the great side of your your brand, your career, what you're doing yeah. out there. But more importantly, just having fun in life, you know, because people yeah. need to see that. And that and this, this is amazing. So so let's tell everybody about your social Absolutely. media girl and your <laughs> websites and all I, you know, it's, it's thirty minutes now. You know we've been talking for thirty minutes. You know that Jody. You know. It just went so quick. It's like, you know, <laughs> I've known you all my life. We're just old friends now. No, I'm just um, saying, it's, it's been 30 that. minutes now, Jody. I'm just going to let you know. Uh, it, okay, it's, 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 it's so funny. Yeah. People be talking to me, go, Rashawn, I go, hey, hey, dude, it's 30 minutes. We, we really need to stop. <laughs> so people no, get there a lot. They know, go, wow, that's lie. it? That's so, it? Cool. <laughs> so tell about your social and your website. And uh, you owe me, uh, before we shut it down, you owe me, um, you know, your, the, the, the the facial mask. You owe me yes. the candles. And you owe me Coming. some... And you owe me some photos of yes. food along with the recipes. And I swear yes. to you, Jody, <laughs> I will post. And I swear okay. to you, I put it. I, I, I don't ever get on this interview talking about something I won't do. 
I, I am I committed to that. your success, continued success. Let me say it straight. Your continued success and just being able to share another side of you as an entrepreneur and a home or a homebody. That's what I call people who cook at the home, homebodies. Yes. You know, entrepreneur yes. is the is the uh, sanctuary candles and the facial mask. That's the entrepreneurial side of you. And when you and now my headquarters is in Atlanta. I have in my office, I, my building, I, I bought a building. I'm just going to brag a little bit. I bought a big building here. Oh, right. <laughs> and so and so I have a full a full kitchen in my building. When you come to Atlanta, I'm, I'm going to invite you to come by and we're going to cook in the kitchen and we're going to videotape it. OK, we're going to put that I on social it. media. Okay. Yes. You know we're gonna no I no no. It. This is what we're gonna do, Jody. We're gonna argue in the kitchen. That's gonna be fun. Okay. Because <laughs> what you ain't gonna do is come to my kitchen and tell me what to do. <laughs> I can t- I can tell that. Yes. You know what I'm saying? We'll have, we'll have a lively time in the kitchen. Miss <laughs> <laughs> Jody and Rashawn sitting yes. on the bench. <laughs> tell us about your social media and your website, Jody. Oh. You've been so much fun. Let's let's Thank get it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, all my socials are verified. Jody Watley, J O D Y W A T L E Y, because you know some people still can't spell. <laughs> and uh, my website is jodywatley.net, and it links to all my socials, my boutique, and everything. So I'm very accessible. And holler at your girl. Holler at your girl. I've hollered at your girl for 30 minutes and it's been awesome. You know, you, you have carte blanche to come on my show again in the future because uh, what we're going to do when you get near Christmas, like in November, we're going to come on back, promote stuff that, you know, the hoop earring, get all that stuff out so people can buy for Christmas presents, get that hype rolling. And then I always Thank do like a, uh, a Black Monday and I drop all my friend stuff in there and I put it out on social media. That does really well. So know that uh, that uh, Rushan got you. you already lined up. For some for some additional, <laughs> as they say, mailbox money. <laughs> <laughs> Jody, I love you, girl. Thank, thank you. Thanks for coming you. on Money Making Conversations. Okay, we talk thanks soon. For having me. All right. Bye bye. All right. If you want to hear more Money Making Conversation interview, please go to moneymakingconversation.com. I'm Rashawn McDonald. I am your host. My next guest is a young man who's rising above those bigger obstacles and living his dream. And his dreams are big, and he's accomplished a lot of big things. My next guest is Jahi Winston. He currently resides in Atlanta, Georgia. Jahi enjoys playing baseball, singing, and working on building his nonprofit organization called You Can Too, which encourages kids to pursue their dreams in the arts and education. His career started on, on Broadway, New York Broadway, the Broadway Broadway. As young Simba in Disney production, The Lion King, he has shared the screen with Kevin Hart, Taraji P. Henson, starred in Netflix series Everybody Sucks, played a young Ralph Tresvant in a new edition story, and is now starring in Charm City Kings with Meek Mill, which will be streaming on HBO Max. I have seen the movie. It's fantastic. Please welcome to Money Making Conversations, Jahi Winston. Hello, hello. Thank you for having me. Well, thank you. Uh, Jahi, can I ask you how old you are right now? I'm 16 years old. 15 years old. And you have a foundation, a nonprofit organization called You Can Too. How old was that nonprofit? Um, It's a few years old. Uh, We started it, I think, uh, maybe 2018, Mm -hmm. uh, I believe, 2018, right around um, top of 2018, closer, yeah, and yeah. Okay, tell us what it is, because this is really interesting that, you know, you're 15, most people are concerned about, I'm not saying they're, they're selfish, but they're concerned about their own 
personal gains. And here you are trying to give back and help on individuals because we all know that arts and education is a tough field to get into and to pursue yeah. levels of success. So you decided mm-hmm. in 2018 to start something. Tell us about what exactly it is and, and how can students participate? Well, UCAN2 is a nonprofit organization and basically we um, mostly operate in marginalized communities, whether it be the inner cities or Atlanta, D.C. or anywhere um, in the country. Um, and it's an organization that uh, allows and helps young kids in those marginalized communities specifically to achieve their dreams and go after whatever they want because oftentimes the and environments where the resources are a lot um, fewer than maybe the middle-class suburbs of uh, Georgia or anywhere else. Uh, you don't have the resources and you don't have the um, uh, the visibility to actually see and be able to accomplish your dreams and your goals. And so um, we get tools and we go into schools and talk. Uh, obviously, can't do that now because of the pandemic, but... Uh, that's primarily the work that we do in um, marginalized communities. Do you do anything now because of the pandemic or, you know, via Zoom or via any virtual platforms? Well, we're trying to brainstorm and try to come up ways and innovative ways that we can still be productive during this time. That's sort of been what we've been doing during uh, quarantine is just trying to brainstorm and uh, come up with different ways that we can expand and still be productive during the pandemic. You know, I have a, I, I have the honor of, um, and this is just listening to you talk and watching your career. And I have a something that honor black men. It's called the Cafe Mocha Swag Award. Cafe Mocha is a is a female centric, uh, syndicated show for women of color. Like one point four million women listen to this show weekly on syndications. The weekend show, and the Cafe Mocha Swag Award is a celebration of black men who are making a difference in our community by empowering others to reach their life goals from civic leaders, businessmen, activists, celebrities, and everyday dads. I'm going to tell you something, Jahi. I've never given that award to a teenager Mm. until now. Oh, wow. (laughs) Um, You know, because because see, you know, and uh, and I'm not trying to say anything that um, just, you know, you know, when I, I do research before I do an interview. And so I get a pretty good grasp of what a person I'm talking to. That's why some of the interviews they sent, some of the questions they sent to me, I go off page and people go, nobody's ever asked that question. Because I'm actually, I kind of got a sense I'm a former entertainer. I, I manage some of the biggest stars in this country and currently manage one of the biggest stars in this country. And I produce a lot of TV shows. And when I, when I hear a young man who's 15 years old, who like I said, who's making a difference in our community by empowering others to reach their life goals. That's you. Uh, so, Jahi, why is that important to you to help people, in your case, young people, to reach their life goals? Oh, man. I think just everything that I do comes mm-hmm. from a place of wanting to to help, first and foremost, my people. Um, black people, not only my people, but primarily my people, because, um, you know, just the way that our societal structure is and the hierarchical nature of it. Mm -hmm. Oftentimes, if you are black and and you are marginalized, you are uh, born with more strikes on you than um, our Caucasian brothers and sisters. So I think knowing that 
and being aware of that, it makes you responsible. Because once you're educated on it and once you're aware of it, you now have a responsibility. You have the tools and you have the resources. And so now it's your responsibility to do something about that and to make sure that um, just because someone is um, maybe less fortunate when it comes to privilege and power, it doesn't mean that they can't have the same access to um their dreams and their goals as anyone else who does have that privilege and is born with that privilege and that power. And so that's where all of my work comes from, whether it be the roles that I take, whether it be uh, the work that I do off screen and uh, the stories that I write and create and curate. I always want to come from a place of, okay, how is my community going to feel about this? And how can I service my community by, by doing this? Cool. I want to, I want to, uh, go to the the movie that's currently out that was be out um, on HBO Max in October, October eighth, at the in fact, called Charm City Kings. And then I want to wrap that wrap this conversation up, which will be in great detail. I want to go back to the young Simba days and all these other opportunities you have. But I I, I watched Charm City. I couldn't take my eyes off you, young man. You have the ability to wait for the moment. You have an uncanny skill where you're dynamic enough to understand that sometimes you don't have to say something to be effective. Mm. That's a, I'm telling you, I, I, when I, I, right now I'm visually going through different scenes. One of my favorite scenes was, uh, I've seen the movie twice. I usually, when I'm engaged in something, I go, I got to go see this again. You know? Cause you know, when you, okay. when you see something, I'm going to when you see something two or three times, actually you really enjoy it more. Cause you start really, cause you you already know what's coming up. So you kind of see mm-hmm. it a little bit different. Oh, I didn't see yeah. that. And one of my favorite right, scenes right. is when black shows up at the summer run and then you just staring at it, man. And that's the moment I'm talking to him. You didn't have to say anything, but you knew your acting ability showed me how important he was in your life. Tell me about that skill set. Tell me about that ability. Thank you. Um, I think that's just, um, <laughs> I don't know. Thank you. Um, I think that's just, I skill something that I picked up. I, um, I got a, really great compliment from a producer um, when I was working on a film that I did a few years ago. Uh, and he said that the reason that I got the job was basically what she said, my ability. It wasn't what I said, it's what I didn't say that really um, allowed me to get that job. And so I think just focusing on that and naturally when you're in the moment as an actor, you know, if you're doing it right, I think every actor should possess that ability to still emote and still be in the moment, even when they're not saying anything. So it really you. is. It, I mean, you know, and I'm not telling I'm not telling you to go in auditions and not say anything, not Jahi. I'm just not right. telling. Okay, now you gotta speak. Now you gotta speak, but you have yeah, the yeah. ability to trust yourself. And I want to go back because I saw Lion King. First time I saw Lion King was in Los Angeles. Okay, okay. and then I saw it in Las Vegas. And Lord have mercy, I went and saw it in New York City. That New York City show is the real deal. You know. Yes, it is. That's where, woo, first team, first team, <laughs> first team, first team. You know, you better have your act together in New York City at the Lion King, New York City. Tell us about how that opportunity happened to you, happened for you to be 
Young Simba in New York City. That's why I just set the stage because everybody think all Lion Kings are alike. No, they're not. No, they're not. No, they're not. No, they're, not. they're good. Uh, they're good, right, Jahi? But they ain't alike. Yeah, all of the productions are great. All of, I can say that all of the productions I think are great. Um, but you're right. The new, I mean, it's the flagship production, so it it, it definitely it, it hits different. Um, but I will say uh, the modified version, the modified story of how I became a part of the Lion King. Um, a friend of my brother's um, sent over the audition for an open casting call for Young Simba's and Young Nala's to be in the Broadway production and the national tour production of the Lion King. Mm-hmm. Um, to that audition and at that first audition there was about um 500 kids there and for those who aren't familiar with a um an open casting call it's basically it's not just for professional actors it's for everyone it's for everybody you know they call pookie and them everybody to come down and audition for it mm-hmm. so i went to that audition i ended up getting a call back I got another call back after that audition, and then I went to New York City to audition in front of the executives or the the yes the executives for the for the Lion King uh, on Broadway, and I ended up getting the role two days later. And I moved to New York with my mom, and we lived in a shoebox apartment for about fifteen months. And <laughs> after that, I got um, the new audition story, and everything just sort of started happening after after that production you're listening to money making conversations with rashawn mcdonald we'll be right back cars today are like a computer on wheels but you can't fix any of these new features yourself so when something breaks it could cost you a fortune and now is not the time for expensive repairs that's why you need car shield car shield has affordable protection plans that can save you thousands for a cover repair including computers gps electronics and more car shield understands payment flexibility is a must plans are customizable and as low as 99 dollars a month no long-term contracts or commitment plus you get to pick your favorite mechanic or dealership to do the work and car shield takes care of the rest they also offer complimentary 24 7 roadside assistance and a rental car while yours is being fixed car shield is america's number one auto protection company for as low as $99 a month, you can protect yourself from surprises and save thousands. Call 1-800-CAR-6000 and mention code MONEY, M-O-N-E-Y, or visit carshield.com and use code MONEY, M-O-N-E-Y, to save 10%. That's carshield.com, code MONEY. A deductible may apply. Welcome back to Money Making Conversations. I'm your host, Rashawn McDonald. Now, let's 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 get back to... Um, Charm City. I'm going to bounce around because you, 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 you're you, so talented that every story is going to take me in a different direction, but it all leads back to Charm City Kings. How did right. that happen for you, my friend? That movie, Opportunity. Okay. Um, just like any other, I was actually I was it was a challenging year. I been in a movie that didn't do as well as I thought it was going to do and a TV show that got canceled after one season and in the midst of trying to figure out where I want, what I wanted to do next and just trying to figure out what was the next stage of my career. The, my agent sent over Charm City, the script for Charm City Kings. Um, and I put off reading it for a while because I was like, nah, this, I don't think this is the right project, even though I hadn't read the script, but I auditioned for it anyway. I put myself on tape and uh, I got a call back. And they, I read again, and then eventually I went to Los Angeles and I screen tested for it with Daniel Hansley, um, Lil D, 
And because uh, I Curtis, who are also in the movie that play, they play Lamont and Swear to God. I screen tested with them, and I um, screen tested in front of Angel Manuel Soto, our director. And uh, I think leaving that room, the three of us knew that. Mostly new. <laughs> Obviously, that until we've gotten the job yet. But I think we could feel the energy that mm-hmm. that we that we had done something special. And so maybe a week later, I think we got a the week official later. word. A week later, uh, maybe a, <laughs> a week later, which is which is unusual because sometimes it takes months. I know. That's what, that's what I was saying. I said a week later. Yeah, a week later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you, <laughs> yeah, week, you, you can schedule later. rent a week later. You know what I'm saying? No, <laughs> no for real. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, for real. It, it was daunting. But I, like I said, I think we knew from the energy in the room, just the chemistry between the three of us, that we that we had done something special. If we knew nothing else, we, we knew that we had sort of killed the audition and that we had a special chemistry and bond on screen. Um, and so a week later, they said that they wanted me and we worked out the deal and I was still sort of uncertain, but I was like, all right, I'm going to trust my gut. I'm going to trust God. And I, and I went full steam ahead. And it was, it was really cool. And I think I'll say this about Charm City Kings. It was my first time being at the center of a story, I'll say. Um, and I definitely think that it sharpened my work ethic. I worked very hard uh, on and off screen. You know, I would do maybe nine and a half hour days and I worked every single day, every single day of production. I was there. Um, I think I had maybe a day and a half off and I worked every single day and I would come home to the hotel at night and still work on the script and work on the accent, work on the dialect. Like I really worked hard on this. And so this is a labor of love from all of us who are part of the film. And yeah, we're just really excited and proud of it for for sure. Now, when I when I hear you talk like this about, I I, I do I do I see a, a young director starting to be born here, uh, uh, sir John? Do I, do I hear? Uh 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 uh. You know. Uh oh, you may you might listen. Speak <laughs> it. I'm, I, I, I receive it. Yeah, for sure, for sure, absolutely. Because of the fact that that uh, when I when I you 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 have yeah, first of all you have a passion for it. you have a God gift uh, God has given you a, a brilliant talent that you are exercising and maximizing with hard work and focus. That's how you win long term. You don't win long term. Uh, you know, uh, just doing it when you feel like it. You know, you you, you can't just because you can dunk the basketball don't mean you can shoot a, a shoot a basketball. We've learned that in life. Mm-hmm. And so, mm-hmm. Meek Mill, his role in the movie. Um, mm-hmm mentor let's talk about his role off screen with you and um because it, it felt very genuine on screen yeah um meek and i it was interesting because uh meek released his his last album that he released uh championships uh he was working on that while we were shooting the movie and uh he has an incredible work ethic i'll mm-hmm. say that he mm-hmm. was he was going back and forth. I mean, you can't. You one of the things you can't say about me is that he doesn't work hard. He works extremely hard, um, and he was doing championships while he was going, coming back and forth, doing shows, working on the album, and doing the movie full time. So um, he has incredible work ethic, and also uh, one of the things that people don't know about him is that he's actually kind of shy and reserved into himself. I would say. I think people have a preconceived notion of rappers in general, just because of the field that they're in um, and the braggadocious nature that is sort of required to do that. Um, but he's the night he's, he's a really 
nice and simple guy, really shy and um he he came prepared and you know we all sort of it was a team effort to sort of make him feel comfortable because this is the first time his first time doing like a movie of this magnitude and mine as well so i think we sort of help each other out in that sense um he would ask me questions and i would ask him questions and the cool thing about it is we were both equally inquisitive when it came to how each of us worked and i would watch him from a distance and sort of see how he worked and how he got into it and it was in it was really cool to get to work with him and see him become more and more immersed into the process as production went on now um when you say the production now when we, we talk about it, it's three friends young teenage mm-hmm. friends in this movie and and uh it, it likens me to another one of my favorite movies on series on showtime the shot it's three young men in that series that i really really are uh, emotionally have tied to and I worry about on, doing the series and and I think that's what happens when you have good chemistry in that television series The Shot and so now when I go to Charm City Kings I found myself worrying about you three little bad suckers okay <laughs> worrying about what y'all gonna get into that's not gonna lead to anything that's positive in your life that's the chemistry you was talking about creating relatable characters that people can like be motivated to root for and be saddened if they don't achieve the success that they're planning or shooting to get in life. That yeah. how did that how did that play itself out? When we talked about Meek Mill, but that chemistry that you three had on screen or have on screen because the movie's coming out on HBO Max in October. Talk about that. Well, I like I said before, I think because I, Vidi, uh, Danielle, and I. Um, we knew leaving the chemistry read that if, even if we didn't get the job, we knew that we had done something special in the room in the, uh, when we did the, the screen test. And uh, it was really amazing to see our bond develop and grow throughout the filming of the movie and for us to trust trust each other more just, um, throughout the process of filming and um, just get closer off screen and on screen. It was that whole, all of that, you know, goes into how well the chemistry is on screen. And I think we all knew that. And on hell, our director and our producer, Caleb Pinkett, knew that um, if the chemistry between us doesn't work, then the movie doesn't work. Right. Uh, we are the center and the heart of the movie is there is the friendship between Miles Lamont and Swear to God. So uh, I think knowing that and knowing the responsibility of that uh, allowed us to um, trust each other more and to give an authentic performance and material on the screen. Very authentic. I'm talking to Jahi Winston. His star power shines as he leads the highly acclaimed Sundance award-winning feature film Charm City Kings, which is executive abuse by Will and Jada Smith. Also starring my man, we just talked about him, rapper Mick Mill. And this, it was coming out, it was released October 8th on HBO Max. Um, Kevin Hart, on your resume. Okay, now we're going we're gonna to start talking noise right now to you, Jahi. Uh, Taraji okay. P. Henson on your resume. Okay. Uh, uh, uh-huh. You know, uh, Will and Jason Smith on your resume. Uh, um, am, am, how am I talking to you, Jahi? I, I, don't, I don't know if I'm, I don't know if I'm flying in that, that level of air right now. How am I talking to you, Jahi? Cause you, 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 you're up there, boy. You got your food chain is pretty powerful right now. Talk to me about it. <laughs> Working with these people and what have they brought to you 
as far as because you're very mature. Let's go and just get that out. You're mature. You're very focused. You're one of these kids who who get it early on. I always tell people, you know, President Obama didn't didn't think about being the president when he decided to run for president. He prepared to be your president. I when I when I when I did my homework on you and listening to this interview, this is something you wanted to do, man. And you you were preparing every day to be successful at it. And I saw it in Charm City Kings more than anything, because like you said, that was your first leading role. That was your first time putting yeah. yourself out there where if you suck, then the movie sucks. Of course it didn't happen yeah. because it was an award winning feature film at Sundance. And so talk about working with these incredibly iconic talents that are recognizable on social media, that are recognizable in any magazine that they appear on. They uh, they 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 create engagement when they appear on TV and in the movies. Talk about those relationships, starting with my man, Kevin Hart. Well, uh, all of those um, relationships and the dynamics and working with all those people have been great. But I'll say about uh, Kevin, Kevin is more than anything, he's just a genuinely nice, kind human being. Absolutely. I mean, I think I think that's the general consensus from everyone who has worked with him is just his, his heart and his spirit and his energy on set. He exudes such positivity. Like, that's not just his brand for no reason the whole positivity thing and the positive vibes, like he exudes that on and off screen when the cameras are on and when they're off. Um, and, uh, he's just a naturally giving person. And like I said, he's just really kind and that's just who he is um, by nature. He doesn't know he can't be anything else. And that's when you know that he's genuine and authentic when, you know, you really can't be, you don't know how any other way to be, but who you are, which is, uh, giving and, generous person uh i'll say uh taraji um was an incredible experience just because i i literally grew up watching i grew up watching all of those people that you named but <laughs> yeah, you're great. only you're only 15 Johnny. you you grew up yeah. watching everybody everybody yeah and i'm still, <laughs> but, still but uh taraji was pretty special just because you know she's sort of a hometown girl my family is from dc and She's from the same area of DC as my mom and my my aunt and where my mom grew up. So uh, that was pretty special to do that. It was a full circle moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, and my mom and Taraji used to go to the same hairstylist back in the day. With the hair. <laughs> but good. they didn't know each other. Right. And my mom, this is crazy. My mom was in the salon the day before Taraji left for Hollywood. Taraji had come in and said, the story is, Taraji had come in and been like, hey y'all, you know, make sure y'all tell me, you know, goodbye and wish me luck because I, I leave to go to LA tomorrow. Um, and my mom was in there the day that, Taraji, the day before Taraji left to go to That's Hollywood. Hot. That's hot. That's hot. So 20 plus years later, you know, I, I got to work with her and uh, we got to sort of, my mom and Taraji got to sort of talk about that. But yeah, that was incredible. And, you know, it just, all of these experiences have been really, really beautiful and full circle. The fact that I'm still pinching myself, the fact that I get to work with them and bond with them and Taraji sort of like my industry fairy godmother. Right. <laughs> you know, she's all, I, you check in every now and then. I wish them happy birthday. So, uh, yeah, I'm really grateful for all of those relationships and experiences. Now, when you when you look at the life in general, um, I live in Atlanta, Jahi, you know, 
not trying okay. to not trying to get into your life or anything, but I do like you a lot. If you if you because they tell me you're like uh, you know you're outdoorsy kind of a guy. Um, the, or the the movie is about bikes. Watching mm-hmm. the skill sets out there, I just want to bounce back because I got to talk about that because <laughs> Lord knows I couldn't do none of the things those young men were doing skill set wise out there with. Just talk about that experience in general, watching that and watching it being taped and realizing that that's a whole different level, skill set level out there that that's, that's, that's special. Oh, my gosh. That was one of my favorite parts of, like, anytime my scene was enough, I would always, we would, because I, Didi and I, we would always want to stay and watch the writers do their stunts because that was like the best part. Chino Braxton, Chino, shout out Chino, uh, who's in the film. Uh, he plays Jamal in the film. And uh, he is known across the world. Not, I was about to say the country, but across the world as one of the greatest dirt bike riders like in the game. Like he's crazy. He can tap dance. I'm This is not an exaggeration. He can tap dance on the bike while with one wheel in the air. Like, it's really crazy. That's not an exaggeration. Google it. Like, he's a beast. <laughs> and so to watch that, now, I, I, they wouldn't let any of us near the bike. They were like, they were like, absolutely no, not, no, you can't. They were like labor laws, all that stuff. So we didn't really get to ride. Sorry if that ruins, like, the effect for anybody. But we didn't really get to ride. However, it, the the highlight was I, we didn't need to, I feel, because we got to watch and experience that, like, just dope environment of them. And Queen, shout out Queen, too. She was a dope rider, too. She was a female rider mm-hmm. on the set. So mm-hmm. That was incredible watching watching them do their thing. Yeah, I, I, I had to I definitely had to get that shout out. And I definitely don't not trying to tell a story, but that definitely watching them do their thing in the um, movie is de- of Charm City Kings. I'm interviewing uh, Jahi Winston, uh, the incredible lead uh, player, first lead, major lead in a movie where he is the star. He's the guy who carries his star power, carries this movie. Um, I, what I was going to say, man, I'm about to wrap this up. If you like fishing, man, I, I'd love to invite you by my house, man. When you know, just want to relax and talk and uh, do a little uh, little backyard fishing, man. I got a little uh, little lake, got some 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 fish in there that are catchable. When I catch them, I throw them back. But uh, you, you you're definitely special, Jahi, and I, I I wish you great luck in your career. And I, and definitely we're going to talk again because of the fact that you're you're going to be successful, man. And when you and when you throwing out ideas about what to do with your foundation from a virtual standpoint, reach out to me. That's what I do for a living, man. I make things happen, brother. I really really do. And also I want to congratulate you, and I hope you realize the importance of me selecting you as a Cafe Mocha Swag Award honoree because it's, it's really important to me that you understand that because you're making a difference at 15 years old. You're making a difference in younger, young people's lives and younger people's lives. And don't change. OK. Thank you so much, sir. I really do appreciate it. Thank you. All right, man. We're going to keep talking about it, brother. We're going we're gonna to hype it on my social media. We're going to blow you up. You're already blown up, but we're going to blow you up anymore, Jahi. Tell your mom hi. Tell everybody around you God is with you as long as you remember who he is. Okay? Thank you so much. Thank you, my friend. All right. Bye-bye. If you want to hear more Money Making Conversation interviews, please go to moneymakingconversation.com. I'm Rashawn McDonald. I'm your host. Bye-bye. We'll be right back with more from Rashawn McDonald and Money Making Conversations. Don't touch that dial. Organ donations save lives, and some organs can even be donated by a living donor. 
August is National Minority Donor Awareness Month, so let's check in with Dr. Danae Simpson, Assistant Professor of Surgery at Northwestern Medicine. Tell us about the African American Transplant Access Program. So this is my baby. This is a program that I have dreamt about creating since I became interested in transplant as a trainee. And it's a program designed to address the significant disparities that our African-American patients face. The program is designed to educate patients about transplant, let them know what transplant can provide to them, and to help them access the resources that they find so scarce and so challenging to access in order to get them on the transplant path and back to, you know, some type of meaningful life. For more information, visit nm.org slash radio. I'm your host, Rashawn McDonald. My next guest, Todd Johnson, has started or helped to start businesses around the world that include Europe, Mexico, the Caribbean, and the United States. Although much of Todd's financial success derives from business, he finds personal success in helping entrepreneurs, would-be entrepreneurs, and business leaders maximize their earning potential through executive coaching and by partnering to help them execute their go-to marketing strategies. That's really important when I say that. Todd's In Hot Pursuit program helps entrepreneurs accelerate the growth of their ventures. They exist to serve and inspire our community by passionately and diligently creating product, content, and services that matter. Please welcome to Money Making Conversation. He's straight out of Beverly Hills today. Todd T.J. Johnson. Hey, good morning. <clears throat> Sorry about that. Good morning, Rashad. How you doing, my friend? Uh, L.A., that's uh, when some people during the pandemic, it's supposed to be pandemic, uh, uh, hot pandemic territory out there. How is living in Los Angeles or being in Los Angeles, which is a uh, part of uh, Beverly Hills being right now? And it's it's great. I've, uh, I've uh, you know, it's funny you say from Beverly Hills and, and that sounds Sounds funny introducing me that way because I'm from South Carolina and Columbia, Casey, South Carolina. Low country. A little area mm-hmm. called That's right. That's right. Pokemon, you know, and, uh, and so, uh, and, uh, and I, and I made my, most of my money in, uh, while I was in Washington, DC, but man, during this pandemic, I decided to come out to, uh, LA and spend a lot of time out here in Beverly Hills and, 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 you know, have a beautiful place out here. Mm-hmm. And uh, my team works from this place. So we're able to quarantine with a group of people right. that I love, I like, I am productive with. And so it's made it a lot more fun. And, you know, I'm really into the car culture, love cars. So it's a, it's a great place to be because you can't get COVID and, you know, driving your cars around. Well, I'm going to tell you this, man. I've, I've lived in uh, Los Angeles 15 years. I always tell people uh, you can stand on the corner of Doheny and Wilshire and see every popular car in the world pass that street light within an hour. So if you're a car junkie, a car foodie, or a car guy who just wants to eat up some great cars and look at them, Beverly Hills, California, my friend, is the place to be because they got the cars, man. They got the cars, TJ. Absolutely. Absolutely. They do. So tell us uh, a little bit. Going to, uh, Go ahead. No, no, no. You, you see, you about to go, go on, you just going somewhere for complete, complete. I was just, I was just, no, no, I was just, um, I was just doubling down on what you said. There's no need to do that. But, uh, yeah, so we can just move forward, brother. No, no problem. Tell us about your brand right quick, uh, TJ, from your words. 
before I get in detail. You know, I've done my research, but I always like people to tell their story a little bit and let's uh, let's break it down and build it up and uh, and let everybody know the journey that got you here to this interview. No, I appreciate that. So here's the deal. I'm up again. I'm from like Casey, South Carolina. Some of the guys, man, that's listening to this interview, they'll know when I say Pocomo, South Carolina, there's a little area in Casey, South Carolina. I grew up on a short bus. I grew up stuttering so badly that, you know, people made fun of me and I, I was on the short bus. So, you know, the, the, the teachers and stuff didn't think I was that smart, right? So, mm-hmm. so I was on this bus and it took a long time for me to figure out that I just had a speech impediment and it wasn't that, that uh, you know, I wasn't smart. So I had to work really hard and, and, and grew up to like a, a teenage mom and, you know, poor and all that sort of stuff where, man, I didn't have anybody that was mentoring or sharing knowledge specifically of how to um, achieve financial success, how to be an entrepreneur, how to build a business, how to think about things. So my brand is about taking all the years of experience that I've had and in a lot of different ventures and helping other people do startups. How do you take your business, uh, take that skill, start your business, start making money and scaling it so that you can build financial freedom and have a business that you feel proud of and you feel successful because you own it and something that you know other people can look at you and go, man, this guy is going okay and, and I'm proud of him, you know, kind of thing. So that's what my brand is ultimately about. And, um, you know, I'm very familiar with Columbia, South Carolina. Charleston, that whole run, uh, did syndicated radio with Steve Harvey for 16 years. And when our first markets was Columbia, South Carolina. And so, uh, so I played met there many times. Went down there and performed in the town town hall down there. Uh, center seats about 3,000. So I'm very familiar with Columbia, South Carolina. And uh, great people, great food. Let's go and put that out there. And, uh, and a great uh, atmosphere. Great. So how did you get out of Columbia, South Carolina area now? You know, you know there is an extreme now, Todd. Beverly Hills, California, <laughs> and Columbia, South Carolina. Now, I know because I came from Fifth Ward, which is a which is the inner city. Six sisters, two brothers, two bedroom, shotgun house. Father was a truck driver. Mom graduated from high school, didn't pursue college. So I understand an atmosphere that doesn't uh, play well to opportunity, but opportunity does present itself, and you were able to take it, take advantage of it. You told us about the short bus. You told us about the stuttering. How did the evolution come of Todd T.J. Johnson? Hey, man, I, it, it, you know, so for me, I was always uh, uh, someone that wanted more than what my environment had. Right? That's true. I, I saw, you know, in my environment, I wasn't happy in my environment. I wasn't satisfied with my environment. And I think a lot of people are that way. But I think the difference with people that leave their environment is that they decide that there's something more somewhere else. There's something more in a different lifestyle, even though they haven't experienced it firsthand, they haven't seen it. And so for me, I decided that I just wanted something different. Mm-hmm. And uh, at, a, at a very young age and Again, not knowing what that looked like, you know, not, not knowing where that would be. Um, I played basketball in high school, and I thought basketball would get me through college. Mm-hmm. And I had a very bad car accident when I was um, uh, between my uh, senior and junior year of uh, high school, and I had amnesia, 
and had uh, problems with my balance and had to be taught my class schedule all over again, my date of birth. Uh, you know, there's people I didn't recognize ever again. A lot of the stuff came back, but some stuff never came back. But what, what remained steadfast was the fact that, that I wanted more, but I couldn't use basketball to get me out of my situation. So I figured I'd go off to college and, and, uh, you know, can I just be transparent with you here, Rashawn? Absolutely. Money-making conversations. Please, Please do. So, so, man, I tell you what, I, you know, I visited a couple colleges. I think I went to William and Mary College, and I went to Hampton U and to visit. And when I went to Hampton U, I saw so many beautiful sisters at Hampton U. I was like, oh, my God, if I go to this school, there's no way I'm going to get out of college. <laughs> I'm just not going to get out of college. I'm going to be so distracted. It ain't going to happen. Mm-hmm. So I was like, you know what? I cannot go to Hampton U because I could see myself. I, I had, I would always create this vision for my life, right? So when I visited Hampton U, thinking, wait a minute, I'm not, you know, I don't, I don't have everything together around basketball. So if I'm struggling, I'm going to be driving a little, I don't know, I'm going to have to buy a, a $600 car mm-hmm. and I'm going to have to work like at my, McDonald's and try to go to college and try not to be distracted by all the pretty girls. I knew that wasn't going to work. I, I didn't think that I was going to be successful in that situation. So I ended up going in the military and I went in the military when I was 17 years old. Mm-hmm. And that was the thing that got me away from home. But what I knew is I had to leave Pocomo, Casey, South Carolina. Right. And if I left Pocomo, Casey, South Carolina, I knew there was going to be more opportunity outside of the area than there was inside. So I was willing to go find something different. I'm gonna, uh, can I be transparent so that, with you that, now? Let me just tell you a story. But uh, uh, I, I graduated from University of Houston. I, uh, I, uh, when I 15 years old, I had a my, my father was a truck driver. My first job, he sent me to a. Uh, this truck company and uh, I was unloading boxes. So my mentors were, my early mentors were guys who unloaded boxes and drove forklifts. So despite high grades, when I got graduated from high school, I wanted to be a forklift driver. That's what I wanted to be. And guess mm-hmm. when I graduated from high school, I became a forklift driver and was happy. <laughs> and then, uh, then uh, fortunately for me, uh, I didn't know what I was doing and I dropped a box on a young man's hand, broke it, and they fired me. And so I went over to the University of Houston where I eventually graduated and when I eventually attended and I saw those same beautiful women that you saw at the University <laughs> of Houston. It was Wednesday noontime, wow. noontime now. Now, I, that inspired me TJ to enroll in college. <laughs> that inspired me. <laughs> that that visit to that that new time on a Wednesday at the UC. That's what they call the University Center. Called it the UC. Got me enrolled at the University of Houston and made me get my math degree. So we all had levels of inspiration. So I was right, not right. I was not taken aback by what I saw. I was just trying to see how I could get closer. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and, and, and that's how life is for, for, for us. You know, we have these different ventures that we, we encounter and they always affect us different ways. And, and when I hear your story, that's why I want to hear the story, because the story feeds different information when it's when it's uh, when it's presented to different people. And when you that how we achieve those different levels of success is what builds us out and makes us successful overall and allows our dreams to come true. Because like you, I, I am a dreamer, too. I just I would look at TV, TJ, and I'll go, wow, 
Could I do that? And I will tell you this, man, honestly, and I tell people, I pretty much have done most of the things I've dreamed of in my life as a kid. I love it. And awesome. and and I never when people hear that, they go, what do you mean? I said, well, you know, when I saw it, I didn't know how I was going to get there, but I knew hard work was involved. I knew not sitting on the sofa was not an option, TJ. I knew that I had to be able to have people around me that believed in me. And all those things have played itself out with me ever since I've been 18 years old. What was my problem was I didn't respect the process. In other words, I didn't accept the responsibility that God gives us these gifts. And when they, when these things start happening to you, don't don't trivialize it. Don't realize realize that it's happening because you have a unique talent. And that's and once I accepted the fact that I have a unique I had a unique talent and these things are happening because of what I can accomplish and who I am, then success came my way at a very fast rate. And I understood the pattern that I had to maintain or the consistency I had to maintain to be successful. And when I did my research on you, you your life tells a very similar story, correct? Yeah, for sure. For sure. <clears throat> for sure. I think but you know, and you talking to me just now and telling me a little bit more about your story, one of the things that jumped out at me is just being self-aware. You know, mm-hmm. you saw those women, you were like, look, this is this army, I got to get close. When mm-hmm. I saw them, I said, I'm so damn, I'm so weak, I got to move away. I got to right. do something mm-hmm. else. Mm-hmm. When, 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 you, when you, you know, when you were like, um, you said, look, hey, I achieved my thing, but now I want to do something different. For me, I knew like going in the military, right, right, was the way to be in a different place to see some different things, and and you know I started out like doing a job that was like uh, like key punch operator. I was like typing in stuff, right, that that you know I thought was uh, uh, just typing in like on these little key punch cards, and then I had to innovate. But <clears throat> but the other thing that I thought about when you were talking was was you said you watch TV and you'd be inspired mm-hmm. and you would do different things. When you, you saw that, you sort of want to emulate some of the success. Mm-hmm. For me, when I saw TV, what I saw is very successful people. Right. That, and, and I was, I was actually someone that wouldn't watch TV because I would see the success and I would say, I'm going to spend 30 minutes, an hour or two hours watching rich people mm-hmm. when I'm poor. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, you know what? I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to watch rich people when I'm poor. I'm going to invest in myself and do some other things so that I cannot be poor. Right. So I, to your point is that the way we deal with these things are, are different, right? Or right. the way we deal with each circumstances are different. The way it impacts us are different. And so the two things in terms of how you dealt with, um, the, the the inspiration you saw in the University of Houston and and the way you dealt with the inspiration you saw in Houston was very different than the way I dealt with television, the way I saw the, the inspiration in uh, Hampton University. Mm-hmm. So you're absolutely right, my brother, in terms of uh, how it impacts us differently and how we have to apply it to our own lives differently. Absolutely. And, and that's a really, really deep thing to admit because of what I try not to do is, you know, when you work around talent, I consider you a talent. I want to hear your story. 
Because I, because I, I, I we're always uh, annoyed me in the entertainment business, especially when you have super talented people like just throw our name like a Martin Lawrence or Dave Chappelle, just because they have the title of comedian, don't mean they do the same things. And so sometimes people try to put them in that same lane. Oh, they funny. They can do this script. Maybe not. Maybe not. Because they they approach their thought process of being funny is different. And so the same thing with you. Our thought press of be our thought process of being successful is different. And we have to be respected along that line and realize that our journey to get to the finish line, you may be the tortoise. I may be the hare, but it doesn't matter because we're going to be successful because we approach with a mindset, a pattern of gold or being gold oriented. We're plan driven people and we're not just dreamers. That is what is important that I want people to take away from your brand as well. Right, TJ? Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and so you're, you're right. The, 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 what you do when, you, when you're dealing with success or anything is you study what's common. Right? Yes. Everybody's going to have a unique story, a unique way, inspired differently, motivated differently. But the things that's common are, you know, focus. It's, you know, setting goals, achieving those goals having a high, you know, a, a high vision for your life. And I think some people suffer from not creating a big enough vision for their life. And uh, I, I think most of us do, no matter where we are uh, in terms of our level of success. A lot of times I look at myself and say, man, I could have done a lot more if I would have <laughs> competed harder. My vision would have been grander, you know, even though people might look at me and say, hey, man, you, you created some success. Yeah, but, you know, I could have done this a lot faster. I could have done this a lot different if I wasn't scared earlier. Right. If I wasn't, you know, I say scared, having a bigger vision, you know. Mm-hmm. You're listening to Money Making Conversations with Rashawn McDonald. We'll be right back. Cars today are like a computer on wheels, but you can't fix any of these new features yourself. So when something breaks, it could cost you a fortune. And now is not the time for expensive repairs. That's why you need CarShield. CarShield has affordable protection plans that can save you thousands for a covered repair, including computers, GPS, electronics, and more. CarShield understands payment flexibility is a must. Plans are customizable and as low as $99 a month. No long-term contracts or commitment. Plus, you get to pick your favorite mechanic or dealership to do the work and CarShield takes care of the rest. They also offer complimentary 24-7 roadside assistance and a rental car while yours is being fixed. CarShield is America's number one auto protection company. For as low as $99 a month, you can protect yourself from surprises and save thousands. Call 1-800-CAR-6000 and mention code MONEY, M-O-N-E-Y, or visit carshield.com and use code MONEY, M-O-N-E-Y, to save 10%. That's carshield.com, code MONEY. A deductible may apply. Welcome back to Money Making Conversations. I'm your host, Rashawn McDonald. I, 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 wow, you know, that statement you just said, I, I thought about that so many times, but I often think about it because of the fact that, was I ready? Did, and that's why I go back to the fact that well, I said yeah. early in our conversation, sometimes you don't understand who you are. Sometimes you don't really respect what you can do. And so I don't so much call it fear is growth. And so we all grow. That's why I admire when, you know, President Barack Obama ran for presidency of the United States and he won. But he had to plan on that when he was in his teens because he had to do certain things that they couldn't back and go back and find. And so people, visionaries who get it early, I always 
I always like, you know, I always get excited because I go, wow, they figured it out so young. And that's amazing where I basically accepted who I was in my 40s. Despite all the success I had, TJ, I I didn't really buy into Rashawn McDonald until I was in my 40s. And when I bought in, boy, (laughs) that that wall, that that door could not stay closed when I bought in. And so so I'm I'm speaking to Todd, TJ, Nick Miller, I just call him TJ, Todd Johnson. He has a program called In Hot Pursuit. It helps entrepreneurs accelerate the growth of their ventures. Tell us about that, Todd. Yeah, so my, you know, I have a, what I do is I, I, I coach uh, people that are building their businesses, trying to scale their business, trying to grow their business, right? And uh, a lot of people uh, that I'll see are either getting ready to start, never starting, waiting, waiting for things to be perfect before they get going, waiting for things to be perfect before they make an offer to the world. And, you know, that's a, that's a big problem, right? That's a big error. A lot of other folks, they got their businesses going, but they've really created sort of uh, – uh, a lemonade stand and they don't know it, meaning that they have to go in and open the store every day, be there selling stuff. And if they're not, they're not going to make any money. And when they stop doing it, the money stops flowing. So I want to make sure that people learn how to work on their business and not just in their business, right? So that they can build financial success for the long haul that they can feel they can, they can make money while they sleep so that they can take their sweat equity and their ingenuity and creativity to create something that's going to allow them to live the way they want. Because sometimes people want to build a business and they think because I have this business, I'm living, I'm going to build this lifestyle the way I want. Not necessarily, but mm-hmm. you, you've just built a lemonade stand. So I want to help people scale their business. And so my, my, uh, what I do is I have something called the success club. And in the success club is where I meet with folks every couple of weeks, you know, face to face as a group. And me, I have another person named Terry. Terry has been helping people with some of the technical uh, aspects of marketing. And uh, I'm helping with the strategy stuff and, and obviously the technical stuff as well. You know, talking through stuff and helping people solve their problems so that they can grow their businesses and scale it. And so, and, and it's unique because getting access to people that have built businesses, you know, in different industries. I, I mean, I've had a, a, a commercial construction business that I built from scratch. And all the businesses that I've built, I've not gone out and gotten people's money and, 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 and built something. I've built businesses that's been very successful. And I've built businesses that's failed. And all of that experience helps me help other people move things along a lot faster. So it's called a success club. And when you have the word success, that that means a lot to a lot of different people. You know, there are people who eat uh, who can eat a lot of food. That's successful for them at a buffet. (laughs) You know, and so, you know, athletes, it could be a 40 yard time, you know, lifting weights. It could be a dunk. Uh, what is your definition of success in the entrepreneurial or the business or the business space when you're talking to individuals who are trying to get a vision for success? Yeah, so there's levels to it, right, right. in terms of success, as you've already mentioned. And so I think um, a, a, a sort of a quick sort of uh, uh, version of that for me is that, you know, having building enough financial freedom where you have the ability to make choices for your life and your family that prioritizes your happiness and lifestyle over simply surviving. Mm-hmm. 
So and the degree that you have the ability to do that, like a lot of people have to get up and do things just because they have to do it to pay the bills or take care of family, right? So, so because, you know, and, and so to the degree that you go, you know what, I can make decisions. I can take this job. I can move to this location and, and I have the type of freedom that allows me to do what makes me happy and takes care of my family, mm-hmm. makes my family happy. And I've prioritized that over, over, you know, just simply surviving uh, to the degree that I can do that, I'm successful. And so there's a few levers when you look at that. There's the happiness level. How happy am I doing what I do and what my life and, uh, and, and what my life looks like? How much of an impact am I making? Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's important because we want to be able to do that. The other one is how much abundance do I have? You know, a lot of times people want to think about success and want to take that out of it. Right. And I'm like, no, man, put abundance in it because abundance is an important thing. And it's something, you know, that that is uh, uh, having a abundance versus having lack right. is really important as well. Right. And so um, um, I think those are some of the levers that are important to move up the scale to, to figure out what success is, at least for me and from a business standpoint, a business mindset. <clears throat> You know, when I when I listen to you talk, and first of all, thank you for calling the show Money Making Conversation and sharing your story and your inspiration. And I, I, I've had a, a, an amazing life when I look at the ability to be able to, you know, hang in, hang into a conversation with a with a motivational coach. You're a success coach. And that's something I cannot do. That's something I wouldn't pursue. That's just not my lane of opportunity for me. And that's what is important to say. I may know your conversation that don't mean I can do what you do. Okay. What enables you to do what you do in that lane of being a, a success coach? And what, what makes you different? What, 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 when, when I look at you and I come to you and I'm, cause you have people who come there for stress coaches and they need athletes who are trying to overcome depression a lot of times. And, but success, because a lot of people fail at it. They fell in life and they fell in business. How do you how do you affect people like that and get them going down the right path? Yeah. So uh, a couple things. I, I I focus on the fundamentals. Just right. like you know, if you play basketball, you do anything well. You know, the thing that you have to do are the fundamentals. Now, when you sit there and you tell somebody, "Here's what it takes to be successful." They go, wait, where's the magic? <laughs> where's the secret? <laughs> right. you, know, and then you, go, you know, no, man, the secrets are, you know, you got to focus. You got you to have a clear vision for your life. You have to focus. You have to have faith that you can do this thing beyond measure. You know you can get this thing done. I was talking to someone yesterday, the other day, and, uh, you know, going through a coaching session, and I was talking about how expensive it was to, to do what he did and how much, uh, you know, money he was making, but how little was going to the bottom line. And I said, well, you know, let's rethink that. Let's look at this differently. How can we do this without spending the amount of money? There's no way to do it. There's no way to do it. Absolutely you can because other people are doing it, right? So we talked about it and said, I said, bro, how about if, how about if you're, you know, how about if there's a disaster? How about if there's some, how about if your wife was kidnapped mm-hmm. and you had to get her out of this situation? And the only way you can get her out of the situation is to double your business in, in 60 days. How would you do it? What would you do? What changes would you make? You have to do this. You have no choice. 
life and death depends on it, right? And so sometimes when we frame things differently, we can then start to see things differently. differently. Mm -hmm. Yeah, athletes (laughs) do this all the time because they have, they have, you know, they have to respond in pressure situations. Uh, business people respond to pressure situation when a business is going to uh, going to fail. It's COVID. Oh man, I got to do something different. Otherwise I'm going to fail. Mm-hmm. But sometimes we have to create the pressure so that we can come up with the answers that we need to grow our stuff. But the thing that makes me different and the things that allows me to, to help people in a different way is that one, I've been in a lot of different businesses. All of them have been startups. And because they've been startups and it's been in the construction businesses, you know, I've owned a hotel and restaurant and uh, uh, mobile detailing car wash business and, and obviously the tech services stuff um, and, and, and retail and online business. So I've done a lot of different things and not all of those things have been successful, but I can leverage all of that experience to help other people. And I understand what it, means to kind of half believe in yourself sometimes or not to have other people believe in yourself and to be able to break something down into the small parts and get people to do a few things. One, that's create a vision for themselves that, that they can believe in, absolutely believe in. And sometimes those are baby steps and then to move them along the, the path and then to have them do the uh, focus and eliminate all those other things. A lot of times, especially as black people, man, we always want to be moguls. Nobody right. wants to be a millionaire or everybody wants to be a billionaire. It's like, bro, how about if we start with you making six figures first? You know? <laughs> and, then just, and, then, and then we can move on. You know, how about if we right. start there? Right. And it, so everybody wants to be a mogul before they get one thing going. So people are starting three or four different things. Right. So let's start with one and mm-hmm. be successful there. And then, and so helping people do that and put the steps in place and having the constant contact with them to be able to say, okay, brother, you're on the right path. Okay, sister, nah, that ain't working. I hear you, but that doesn't make sense to me. And people will go around in circles on an idea that doesn't make sense to anybody but themselves for a long time, talking about this idea, and they can't execute on it because it doesn't make sense, you know, to to anybody. A lot of times people are trying to sell people things they think they need as opposed to things that people want. Right. And already know they need. Don't convince them that they need something. Tell them stuff that they know they want and that they need. You know, so so those are some of the things, man. I know that that was all over the place, but those are some of the things that that uh, that I do to help people move along and stay focused and build their businesses. Awesome. Todd, how can we reach out to you? What social uh, email uh, website? How can we reach you? How can we find you? Yeah. On 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 social media. It's uh, uh, TJ Millionaire Mentor on Instagram, on Facebook, um, even on, on YouTube. And uh, for email, it's Todd, T-O-D-D, at nhotpursuit.com. That's, uh, uh, I don't know how you, it's, it's N is in Nancy and then hot. Pursuit.com. That's, that's what I got on my paper. Small N, hotpursuit.com. <laughs> this is the website. Yeah. I tell you what, uh, Todd, can you come back on my show, man? I've enjoyed this. You know, I, I love talking to you because we, you know, I'm, I'm from Houston. You're from South Carolina. We're Texas and South Carolina. We're both from the South now. We both have different journeys. Yeah. But I love the story yeah. we tell because it's very similar in, in our approach. It's just different decisions we made at different moments that we were 
asked to make a decision. And that's what success is all about. And I also love the fact that you made a statement about that person who just couldn't see a way to get past the bottom line. This year, I brought a young lady into my life, Angel Rich. She was just working on my brand. And uh, she said, Rashawn, you need to have a YouTube channel for money making conversations. I said, what is audio? I don't think that makes any sense at all. She said, I, you, you, you would really excel at that and your brand will hit a younger demo. And it was the same story. She just had to tell it to me different. Well, I launched it in February and now I have 37,000 subscribers of YouTube and my age demo was 18 to 44, 80% of them are in that age range. So it made my, my, my age demo just went way low. 60% of my followers on the YouTube channel are female. So when you made that statement, I found it very relatable. Sometimes you have to talk to successful people a different way to let them understand the opportunity is possible. They just have to change the way they think. That's all you do. And that's what you're doing. And it makes you such an amazing success as a success coach. And I just wanted to share that moment and, and say, I appreciate how you go about what you do because it happened to me and it made a difference in my life. It made a difference in my brand and made a difference in my income. I appreciate that, man. That's awesome. And let me say this to you. <clears throat> Thank you for what you've done and what you do. People don't know about people like you. Not enough people know about people like you, right? By first name. More people should know your first name. <laughs> you yeah. know, uh, uh, especially young people in terms of, you know, you're, you're, the, you're the rainmaker. Thank uh, you. <laughs> uh, you've been the rainmaker behind the brand. And, and people don't know the strategy and the thought and the nuance that goes into that stuff. So I appreciate what you've done and you've done for a long time for or the Steves of the world and other people. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so yes. Uh, I, I, I appreciate that, man. And uh, and uh, at some point, I'm going to have to get your your uh, your restaurant list for the different areas of the country. Absolutely. I know your absolutely. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> hey, Todd, we go talk, man. Like I said, uh, I I, I got to go out in L.A. Uh, uh, coming up because of uh, doing some productions out there, some television ideas and concepts are coming out there. So I may be out there next month. So I'll definitely connect with you, man, while I'm out there just to talk, man. Like I said, uh, I just love fascinating people. I find you to be a very fascinating person, a very articulate person about what it means to be successful. I've, I've told people many times, sometimes success is not defined in dollars is what you can accomplish. And that's how I shot. But people say, I say, I, I I define my success when I go in the store. If I can go in there and say, I want that and I can pick it up and I can walk out of the store with it, then guess what? That's the success level that I've achieved to be able to do that. Not how much it costs that I could actually go in there and say, I want that. I want several of those shoes or that that tailored suit or that particular car or that house. And so you don't define it whether it's a million or five million. It's defined on if you can if you can achieve it. And that's what you do as a success coach and keep doing what you're doing. And you have a fan in me, Todd. Okay. (laughs) Thank you, brother. Thank you so much, Rashawn. And we talk soon, okay? You be safe out there in Beverly Hills, man. And stay off the, and keep watching them cars, because I might be driving by in one of them. In a GT. In a GT. (laughs) Have a good one, brother. Be safe now. Thank you for coming on the Money Making Conversation. If you want to hear more Money Making Conversation interviews, please go to moneymakingconversation.com. I am Rashawn McDonald. I am your host.